Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's online service. We're so happy to have you here with us. Um, we hope that we can be of some assistance to you. If you would send us a prayer request, we'd be happy to receive that. You can email us and we'll add you to the prayer list. We'd also ask that you continue to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We do want to let you know that we are back in person for services at EPC in our main sanctuary and we would love for you to join us. All you have to do is make sure to pre-register. Registration takes place starting Monday mornings at nine and goes until Friday at noon each week. We also have children's ministry now for children aged birth to grade five. So make sure that you register your children. God bless, have a great day. sacrifice on the cross that sets us free from sin and gives us hope. Lord Jesus, help us to trust in you. We pray this in your name. For 
what was on that old cross. Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last At this time, we're going to be celebrating communion together, even though we're apart. You know, every Sunday when we celebrate communion at church, we are reminded that we are sharing in something that is not limited to those who are in the room, but we are sharing it with all those around the world who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And so today, even though we're not together physically, we are together in one heart, one mind, one spirit today, and we celebrate together. The Apostle Paul, when writing to the church in Corinth said, for I receive from the Lord that which I also pass on to you. But the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we pause in this moment to give thanks for the broken body of Jesus and all that that represents for us, that we can know you and have personal relationship with you today because of the brokenness of his body on the cross. Let's break the bread together. And let's partake together. The Apostle Paul continues, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that Jesus died. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for what was accomplished on the cross. And Lord, today as we stand before you, there is so much fear, so much concern, so much heartache, so much uncertainty. 
But Lord, today we are reminded that there is one thing that is certain, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reigns supreme. And so Heavenly Father, I pray today for all of those who have been with us in this brief communion service this morning. I pray for your peace and your comfort. I pray for your healing on their broken bodies. I pray for those who are sick. I pray your protection on those who have to go and serve in places, Lord, that are essential in the days that we're living in. Would you protect them? Would you keep them safe? Would you watch over them? Lord, would you be with our loved ones that we're not able to be with in this time? Lord, would you help us in this time to draw close to you, for our hearts to be right before you? And Father, I pray that you would prepare us to be able to serve you in ways that we never have during this unusual time. May your blessing rest on each as we today celebrate the death of Jesus. Lord, may your blessing be on all of those who are part of this service today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. Today I will be reading from 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 21. That passage says, If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Good morning, EPC Church family. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for Church Online. This morning, we are continuing our fall preaching series titled RE. R-E, moving forward by going back. The prefix re literally translated means again, or again and again. And throughout this series, we have been focusing on themes that we need to consider again and again as we move forward to be who God has created us to be. This morning, we will be focusing in on the word refurbish. Refurbish. Ever since I was young, something that I loved to do regularly was switch around the layout of my room in order to make it feel fresh again. And to this day, I will every so often change up my office space or try to convince my wife that the couches actually look better in this corner of the room instead of this corner, right? In order to make it uh, feel new, in order to change it up the way the room feels, to transform it, to renovate it from something old and familiar to something fresh and new. Even now in our new apartment, Esther and I have been working hard to decorate it uh, 
constantly coming up with new ideas or additions in order to make it feel more like home from picking up old used pieces of furniture with a plan to splash a fresh coat of paint on it or hanging things around that have value and add meaning to our space. It's the process of making something your own. If you're like me, maybe it's about changing up the layout of a room or and imagining how a room is decorated. Maybe it's about taking those old pieces of furniture that other people may think are garbage but really just need some elbow grease and a fresh coat of paint. The art of refurbishing something is a compelling narrative because it brings out the new from what was once old. The idea of refurbishing something, the Google definition of it, is essentially to take something old and renovate or redecorate it so that it becomes new again. It is a transforming process. And in the Bible, the idea of refurbishing is very much a part of the gospel message of reconciliation, of the mission of Jesus and our identities when we become followers of Jesus. Some of us uh, listening this morning uh, can probably share the story of how we came to know who Jesus is and the exact moment that we chose to become followers of him. We can talk about how that moment was life-changing and hear how your faith has carried you throughout your entire life up until now. And those are amazing testimonies. They are amazing testimonies. But the point being, everything changed with an encounter with Jesus. Nothing was the same. It was the moment where you were reconciled to God and because of that received a new identity in Jesus. Your old self was gone and your new self was here. It was the moment where you were refurbished, where you were made new in your identity in Jesus. But what does it mean to be made new? Well, I'm glad you asked, because this morning we'll be looking at some words from Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians, and we'll be relating it to three steps in the process of actually physically refurbishing something. It's important to know that when it comes to refurbishing, as much as I talk about the plans that I can make around my home, you have to know I'm the least handy man you'll ever meet. Bring me a computer and I can work wonders. I can do almost anything with it, right? But bring me a block of wood and some paint and something's going to catch on fire. Like it just, it just doesn't uh, compute for me, right? But I believe this morning that the theme refurbish, despite uh, my experience or my lack of experience actually refurbishing things, is an important one to take to heart as we talk about what it means to get that new life in Jesus. Our first point this morning is this, motivation. Motivation. See, motivation is an important part of the refurbishing process. It's, the impo- it's an important part of any process, really. You need motivation in life in order to achieve a goal. If you have the goal of refurbishing an old coffee table, for instance, but didn't have the motivation to do it, it would never get done. It would never be made new. Motivation is the driving force behind why we do what we set out to do. Paul wrote 2 Corinthians at a vulnerable time in his life. He, he had learned that the church in Corinth was, was struggling and being led in the wrong direction by false teachers. And so he worked to maintain the unity of that local body of believers. Paul's opponents had questioned his motives. They questioned his personal courage. They argued that he had suffered too much to be a spirit-filled apostle. These opponents have treated Paul as an imposter, and when we hear Paul talk about reconciliation in our passage this morning, and God having committed us to his plan of reconciliation, it's important to know that he makes these statements, partly because of the opposition that he has been facing. In these verses, we clearly see the motivation 
behind Paul's actions, the reason for his faith and his dedication to ministry. It's for God. It's all for God. All of it is to bring God glory. For Paul, there is no greater motivation for why he does what he does. And like many of us, Paul's moment of encountering Jesus on that road to Damascus led, him, led to him being refurbished. He was no longer what he once was. His identity was made new. And because of that experience, that testimony of the grace of God, Paul is driven by the love of God that he had received. It is love that drives Paul to minister to the Corinthian church, having experienced Christ's love for him and having responded with love for Christ, Paul feels a responsibility to proclaim the gospel far and wide. Paul is not serving to gain honor or money or reputation or anything like that. He is serving because of Christ's love for him and his love for Christ. That's why in verse 15, Paul emphasizes that the sacrifice Christ made and the new life we can experience in Christ needs to be the motivation for how we also choose to live. A life that is refurbished by our Heavenly Father is one that is motivated to act in response to it. In verse 15, Paul also emphasizes that Christ died for everyone. This is so important, in my opinion, because of the fact that this new life, this refurbished life, is available to you and me just as much as the next person. There is no exclusion from this. And in God's plan for you and I, we all receive the same gift of new life in Christ. Because we all receive that same gift, there is no room for boastfulness in Christ. In fact, the mark of this new and refurbished life, like Paul says in this very same verse, is one that no longer lives for themselves, instead living for Christ who died and was raised for them. This theme is so important in Paul's ministry, and it's important for us as believers today. It's one that is highlighted again in one of Paul's letters, Galatians 2 verse 20, which says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What does all this mean? It means that our love for God and our new life in God is expressed in the way that we serve other people. Like we discussed, it is love for God and others that drives Paul to minister the way that he does. He serves because he recognizes that the gift of new life that he received is also available to every single person without measure and without exclusion. How he serves others is an expression of that new and refurbished life. And likewise, it should be the same for you and I. It should be the same for us. You and I have access to this new life in Christ. And by receiving that new life, our motivations should change to loving those around us through our actions so that people may also know that the love of Jesus is available to them as well. The love that saved us calls us to have a love that serves. Our second point this morning is blueprints. Blueprints. Something my brother and I loved to do growing up was build Lego sets. And it's something that uh, still stuck with me to this day because even for my birthday last week, I got a new one that is proudly sitting on display right beside me in my office. Uh, but my brother and I would often pull out pens and paper and draw out the plans or blueprints of what we wanted our next build to look like. It was great for us to have that plan drawn up in place because it helped us visualize what we needed in order to actually get to that new end result. Sometimes we drop our ideas perfectly on the first try. It was a 
perfect vision for it and we just go ahead and build it and then other times there would be crumpled up pieces of paper scattered all over the floor from abandoned attempts. But once we got that perfect plan in place, we had no issue tearing down our old creations and reusing the pieces in order to refurbish, in order to make that new build. The point is that when it comes to refurbishing something, having a plan is effective in allowing yourself to visualize and achieve the end result that you desire. If you're refurbishing a table, it's always a good idea to do the research of what you want it to look like in advance. When you're refurbishing an office space or a building, actual sketched out blueprints may be required. But the point is, just having a plan in place allows you to know the end result of what is being refurbished or what is being renovated. God's plan for you and I was made real through the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross. In verse 16, Paul talks about the first of two results of that sacrifice. The first being that because of Jesus' death, Paul stopped making superficial judgments based on outward appearance. It was now his purpose to view those around him not in terms of nationality or status or clothing or wealth, so on and so forth, but to view them spiritually instead, to view them in light of what Jesus did. As followers of Jesus, we are not called to evaluation of those around us based on the superficial. Too often I find that we get too caught up on the superficial. It's easy, after all. It's what's right in front of us. It's what we see. But that can't be the focus. That's why Paul, in the previous verses, defended his ministry from those who saw the superficial as being all for God's glory. It wasn't about himself, and it wasn't what people thought of him, but it was about God. Because Paul was refurbished on the road to Damascus, he saw the need to view everyone from the spiritual perspective. Why? 2 Corinthians 2.16 says this, We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. As followers of Jesus who have been transformed, renovated, refurbished through Jesus. We don't look to the image and appearance of the flesh, but to the substance of the heart. That is what matters. The second result of Jesus' sacrifice was in receiving new life. This is the significant push of our passage this morning. We've touched on it a little bit, but I want us to look at this that much further because it is so, so important. If your faith is in Jesus, if you have trusted Christ for freedom from sin and placed your hope in God for this life and the next, then you are new. You are new. The part of, there's a part of you that is labeled old. That is gone. It is gone because something new has replaced it. But what does that mean to be new? Am I, am, am I suddenly taller? Am I smarter? Am I faster? Am I, am I richer all of a sudden? Do I have a new driver's license with a new photo, which would be really nice for me personally because I'm not exactly a fan of my old driver's license picture. Do I have a new family, a new job? What, what exactly is new if I am in Christ? To say in Christ inspires a sense of, of security in him. It inspires acceptance in him. It, it, it inspires acceptance for a future in him. It inspires the inheritance that we have in him. It inspires knowing the truth and being set free in that truth in him. And this just covers the surface of what it means to be in Christ and it helps me personally realize that there is no other way to describe life with Jesus other than a new creation. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says this, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts 
and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. To be made new literally means that you can get rid of the old sin in your life and become more like Christ. Basically, by being in Christ, you become more like Christ. Life with Jesus is nothing less than the fulfillment of God's plan for each and every person. It is such a transformation that it is no longer what we once were before Jesus. It is new. It is refurbished. Life with Jesus sets us free from past sin and transforms us to be more like God. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. It is not simply that God has refurbished us when we come to Jesus. It's true that we are no longer what we once were before Jesus, but in coming to know Jesus, being refurbished, putting on the new, there is now a new motivation for our lives as followers of Jesus. A life that is refurbished by our Heavenly Father is one that is motivated to act in response to it. Our third point this morning, DIY. DIY. Let's reread together verses 18 to 21 of our passage this morning. It says this, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. When it comes to DIY, DIY means to do it yourself, right? And when I hear the words DIY, I don't know about you, but I gain a sense of, of empowerment almost, you know? Yeah, you know what? I can do that. I can do that myself. I can put that crib together. I can strip and paint that end table I found on the side of the road. I can do these things myself. The thing about DIY, though, is, in, in my experience, at least, more often than not, you aren't really DIYing. You aren't really doing it yourself. Typically, you do all the hard work yourself, but you have some instruction with you. You have a tutorial. You have a YouTube video, uh, an instruction manual, or at the very least, a picture of what you are trying to go for. You, you're not typically going into a DIY project blind. You have some inspiration for it, a driving factor behind it. But when I hear the words DIY and place it in regards to my faith, that's when it gets a little scary, a little uneasy. We are uncomfortable with the idea of sharing the good news ourselves because that's left to the preacher, right? Oftentimes we think that. But the truth is, like we see in the life of Paul and countless other testimonies of various people, a life that is refurbished, a life that is made new in Jesus, is a life that acts in response to it. By putting on that new identity in Jesus, Paul says we become ambassadors of God's plan. An ambassador not only acts and speaks on behalf of, but also in place of the person who gave them that position. The ambassador is basically the voice of the person they work for. So Paul uses this analogy as saying that when we are refurbished, when we put on our new identities, we become his ambassadors with his message, his authority, and his power going with us. God is with us. As ambassadors to this refurbished life, we are called to be Jesus to everyone we encounter. 
A life that has been refurbished, that has been made new in Christ, is one that should be motivated towards action. We are called to a life of love, a life of grace, a life of truth in Christ as people who have been refurbished by this message of reconciliation and hope of salvation. We have a role to play now in allowing the gospel to reach those who need to hear it. In a time like the one we're living in right now, when there's so much confusion, so much misinformation, so much fear, hate, and injustice, and so much more being spread in a culture of uncertainty towards the future, it is important, now more than ever, that we recognize that the world needs Jesus. People need the hope of the gospel. People need the love of the Heavenly Father. We are called to be ambassadors because Jesus has reconciled us to Him. He has made us new. As followers of Jesus, we now represent another kingdom, His kingdom. And being refurbished in Christ means we now have a new role in, in sharing and demonstrating His love and grace to all people. In this new creation, this life refurbished and reconciled by Jesus, we must be people who love generously who love abundantly, and who love selflessly, driven by a motivation just like Paul, that what we do, we do for God's glory. In conclusion this morning, we have three points that we can apply to our lives from this message. The first is this. God's plan of reconciliation is available to everyone. God's plan in sending Jesus was that Jesus died on the cross for everyone. Verse 17 of our text this morning says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ. Anyone. Does that mean everyone? It means everyone. Bold, italicized, underlined, all caps. Everyone. Every single person has the opportunity and the choice to follow Jesus and be made new by doing so. Through Jesus, we can all experience this gift of new life in Him. This new life, this refurbished life is available to you and me just as much as the next person. Again, there's no exclusion from this gift. And in God's plan for you and I, we all have that same gift of new life in Christ. It is a gift that was given because Jesus loves each and every one of us. In Christ, it is a life that is unlike any that we could ever experience apart from Christ. And it is available to everyone equally. Our second point. Everything changes after an encounter with Jesus. I was a teenager when I chose to follow Jesus. I remember vividly what took place in my life. The encounter that I had with Jesus and the sudden understanding of how much Jesus loved me. It was the moment where everything changed and I was able to be refurbished by him. I was no longer the old, but instead I was made new in Christ. Life with Jesus is nothing less than the fulfillment of God's plan for each and every person. Again, it is such a transformation that it is no longer what we once were before Jesus. It is new. It is refurbished. Life with Jesus sets us free from past sin and transforms us to be more like God in Christ we become more like Christ. Our third application point this morning, a refurbished life has a role to play. As people who have been refurbished, we have a role now to play. Paul uses the illustration of us being ambassadors. Remember, we carry the message, the authority, and the power of Jesus with us. And we are living in a time right now where people need to know that Jesus loves them 
that there is hope and that there is a plan for their future. In this new creation, this life refurbished and reconciled by Jesus, we must be people who love generously, who love abundantly, and who love selflessly. Again, driven by a motivation that just like Paul, everything we do is for the glory of God. Lastly, there's something important that I want us to end off on. As people, you and I have sin in our lives. That's a given. The mission of Jesus, as we learned through Paul's words this morning, was to come and give his life on the cross so that we can be reconciled to God and receive new life. That means the old no longer applies to us. But sin is still a factor because we aren't suddenly made to be perfect. We can't be perfect. But the point is, sin is an ongoing problem. So reconciliation is an ongoing process. Being made new doesn't mean that you are impervious to sin or invincible to feelings of fear or defeat or hopelessness in your life. God's work of refurbishing you is a continuing work. It is a continuing work. And not only do we play the role of ambassadors once we receive that refurbished life, but we also have the responsibility of trusting in God in the moments where we fall short, where we mess up, to forgive us and encourage us forward in our relationship with Him. Looking at the theme of our series, uh, the prefix re literally translated means again, or again and again. And I think that this is so fitting for this. It is a continual work. It is a constant work. Sometimes when we refurbish a piece of furniture, uh, future touch-ups are required in order to keep it looking new. It is not necessarily a one-and-done experience, but a continual work that Jesus does in our lives. As we remain in Christ, we will become more like Christ. But it always starts. It always starts with his amazing work of reconciling us back to himself. Maybe you were listening this morning and you have that testimony of Jesus where you remember that exact time and place that he transformed your life and you were made new. Maybe you're listening and this is your first time hearing about Jesus wherever we may be at this morning. Jesus is available to you. Allow his love for you to transform your life, to renovate it, to refurbish it, and then allow that same love of Jesus that set you free to motivate you to love those around you. Freshness of its mystery, the freshness of.
for joining us this morning, EPC Church family. We appreciate you tuning in, and if there's anything that you need throughout your week, we encourage you, please don't hesitate to contact us in some way, whether it's by phone call, text, or email. We would love to do what we can to help you during this time. Have a great rest of your Sunday.